welcome to the Loki field, where we're all about violating the minds and inner realms of our guests to talk about love, life, and geekery. So welcome to another episode of the Loki field. Today we have a very special guest joining us. He's one of Asia's leading dating coaches who's been crushing it globally. And for all of the pickup artists listening in, today is a really special treat. And he's the resident polyamory expert of ABC of Attraction. So how crazy and how wild is that? And yeah, today we're going to be talking about social dynamics, seduction, how to close like Casanova and get into geekery. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, just to give your audience some details about me uh, real quick is that my name is Jeff Kahn. I live in uh, the United States of America, but I also travel all over the world and help guys with their dating life. So, uh, but uh, it's a pleasure to be on this show. So uh, really nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, off air, we were talking about Deadpool and we could start with that, like Deadpool and not caring about what other people think. So pickup is a really polarizing topic and how do you do what you do or how do you just continue to not care what people think and did this always come naturally to you? So like like Deadpool he doesn't really take life seriously you know mm. he doesn't really he, he tends to like make jokes all the time and uh you know, whatever happens to him, happens to him because he's also cheeky immortal. Offensive. Yeah, and cheeky offensive humor, like <laughs> self-amusement for the win. Yeah, definitely. So how I can relate to that is, um, yeah, there's going to be judgments upon me. Um, when, especially when they ask me about my job, I tell them like I'm a, either like a dating coach or even sometimes a pickup artist. And they're like, oh, like they have some thoughts about that. Uh, sometimes negative but for me mm. it's it's like i don't really care because i feel like we live one life and why should i live this life caring about what others think when i should care about what i think you know and mm. how i should live my life because uh do you want to live it based on others ex expectations of you or do you want to live it on your own accord That's yeah like important. a lot of people live inside the box and it takes a lot to just blaze your own path and do your own thing and in the night game like in when you're seducing women how does self-amusement come into play and not giving a fuck and like doing your thing your way how does that work and how does that play in well uh, rejection is gonna happen no matter you know how good you are because not every girl is gonna like you that's just a fact mm. so being able to approach and then let's just say either having the girl reject you or not interested in you you just have to laugh it off and be like you know what there's always a girl out there who is interested in you so might as well see what's out there you know and deal with rejections and laugh it off and then move on to the next like i never take rejection seriously mm. uh, i tell my students never take it seriously because if they let it get to them you know, it can cause a lot of issues. Like, you know, they might get depressed or they might get angry. And I tell them not to ever let them get into that headspace because rejection is normal. You know, even outside of pickup, there's like, you know, in business and also 
in marketing and sales and stuff, you're not going to get every customer or every lead who's interested in what you had to sell, right? Mm. So pretty much the same thing. It's like you're not going to get every girl interested in what you are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I used to be a fragile snowflake. So. Oh yeah. Like I, I was I, I'm, yeah, I'm comfortable like with the seduction and the dating world. But when it came mm. to sales, like I'm a marketer and I realized, oh my god, I can't take rejection because I didn't know that just the feeling of being rejected and just it's not about the girl or the client rejecting you. They're rejecting your approach. And yeah, any crazy stories around rejections, reframes, or anything fun like while you've been dating or in your personal life? Um, in terms of a rejection story, I could tell you a funny one. Uh, not too long ago, I was coaching a student and we were out approaching and then I, I wanted to demonstrate to him how to approach. So I went up to one girl, I approached, and it was obvious, I could tell from her body language, she wasn't attracted to me. So, uh, and at least like, I think it was because of her friend who came in and they started like, you know, there's always that one friend who doesn't approve. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I kind of realized that they weren't going to be down with me. They weren't going to be attracted to me. So I mm. moved on to another girl and she's way more attracted than them. And she was right away attracted to me and more receptive and Yeah, I think I lost There's, you briefly. Hello? Yeah, I me? lost you briefly after moving on to the other girl. Oh yeah, moving on to the other girl who was way more attractive. Uh, she was interested in me. She was attracted to me. My student got to see how uh, there's always going to be wins and losses. And usually the wins that you get, you know, the girls that you can attract are usually more attractive than the girls that reject you. So it's not really a big deal. Mm. And getting past that initial rejection and realizing that doesn't ruin your night and was this like a day game thing or was it like night game it was night game but day game is the same way you know you're gonna have to approach in the daytime and as the idea of approaching someone in a coffee shop or a bookstore in broad daylight yeah you just have to be as charming charismatic as you can and hopefully you know just not do it in a creepy way you just gotta smile Go up to her, you know, make it seem like it's natural, and then see how she reacts. If she's not really interested, she can always just like move away or walk away, or, or you could kind of tell from her body language that she is interested. And I used to tell my students to leave them alone if you could tell that they're not uh, interested in you. Mm, like the Hangover movie, like did you die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So like during the day, is there any like? easy way to approach a girl like is it an opinion opener is it cold I reading it, i think it depends on the situation you know like for example if a girl is walking really fast because she has something to do you want to keep it more efficient you know you want to keep it more um like a quick interaction because let's just say she has something to do and you try to if you try to like make the interaction too long uh she just might not be interested and she might just walk away. So mm. for those interactions, I tell them to just be quick to go up to them, compliment them on their looks, um, you know, just have a direct way of communicating your, your attraction towards them and seeing if they're interested. And then, um, and then there's other situations. Let's say if it's a coffee shop 
or if it's like a bookstore, you want to keep it a little bit more, um, you know, like situational. Like mm. for example, if it's a bookstore, you can go up to a girl and ask them, you know, a book recommendation and then go from there. If it's a coffee store, depending on the situation, I'll give them different uh, lines. Like, you know, if it's, if they're about to leave, you give them a direct line. If they're, let's say, waiting in line, you could go a little bit more indirect with them. Mm. So like, yeah. it's very technical and tactical like that. Speaking of direct versus indirect, what's yeah. your favorite way to go about things? Do you prefer direct or indirect? And what do you teach your students? Like, is it more of a personality thing or does one way work better? Uh, I would say it's more dependent on the female and the situation. Mm. So if she's, let's say, just standing around that have nothing to do, I think indirect way is a little bit easier to go with because uh, you don't know you don't know if she's attracted to you, right? Mm. Um, so if if you go direct and she's not attracted to you, then it's it's not gonna work. Um, indirect gives you a little bit more time to work with and try to build some attraction from there. Uh, so I think it depends on the situation. Uh, if it was if I were to go direct, I would I would be like you know I could tell that I don't really have much time, uh, or that I could tell that she's already attracted. Then I could just go direct and make it more efficient for all of us. Mm. Is there any like fun direct or indirect openers that you've used? Yeah, I mean, for indirect, I like to. It depends on the situation, but I like to talk about uh, the venue itself and ask them a little bit about that. Let's just say, like, if I'm in a new city and I don't know anything about, let's say, the club or bar or location, I could just get uh, ask them a quick question about that, and then from that, I could see how. From the body language, I can read if uh, you know how they feel about the the question itself or the indirect, and then I could either move forward with it as well. Uh, with direct, I could just be like, "Hey, excuse me, I just noticed you. I think you're absolutely beautiful. I just had to say hi. My name is Jeff. Nice to meet you." Mm-hmm. And then shake their hand and then see like you know see how they react to that. Mm, nice. Yeah, I remember the craziest opener that was used on me it's mm-hmm. not it's not anything like crazy but it just worked really well that i paid attention and i was already in pickup at the time like i was 18 17 18 mm-hmm. and um what he asked me was you know what do they say about girls with high heels or something like you know what they say about girls with high heels mm-hmm. and it piqued my attention because women are vain like you can't help it even if you know like social dynamics you know seduction you know dating yeah it's just you're vain like what do they say like you're a cat like women are primarily cats mm-hmm. and i just wanted to know like okay what what did he have to say and he said women who like high heels have high standards and that's such a playful cheeky approach because it demonstrates like he paid attention to something about you. It's not like um, just purely maybe physical, which is usually what a lot of people go with, but mm-hmm. it's like he paid attention and the playful interaction that ensued after that was interesting. Yeah, that, that guy definitely sounds like he has some game <laughs> and he's that was a great opener. I thought yeah, was he, he was a dating coach and he didn't realize that um, I was actually in the venue to meet another dating coach and that like it was a group of 20 pickup artists like here in Asia and they didn't realize that I was um, at the time I went by Fox. So. Oh very cool very cool. 
<laughs> he was asking for my name and I was like, um, I don't have a name. And I was just being a horrible person to him, but just for fun. And yeah. then our friend walks up and he's like, hey, th this is actually Fox. She came by to say hi. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just it's funny. So is there any school of thought or like, you know, Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider and he became Spider-Man. What's your story and how did you come into the realm of pickup and just becoming who you are today? Yeah, uh, I'm glad that you asked that because I like to tell my story to all my students so they have a good understanding of who I am and where I come mm -hmm. from. Uh, so how I got started was a little background story of, about me is that my parents are, you know, from Asia. Uh, they're immigrants in America. So I was born and raised in America. And the thing is, for most of my childhood, I lived in a predominantly white area. So like, I was one of the few non-white kids in my class in school. So mm. it's you get to realize it's culturally different because Asian parents kind of think differently than white parents. Like uh, Asian yeah. parents... Uh, like my Asian parents, they wanted me to, uh, like when I asked them about dating, because I didn't know anything about dating at the time, you know, I, I had a lot of friends, but I didn't know how to approach girls. And this was like middle school. And I asked my parents and they, they just told me that you're very typical Asian answers. Like, don't worry about girls right now. Worry about your studies, get really good grades, go to a, <laughs> go to a good college, uh, become a doctor or engineer. Doctor, we... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> become yeah, a doctor. Yeah, that's such an Asian thing. Yeah, <laughs> doctor. And then, like, and then once you are rich, the girls will come to you. And mm. it's a very typical Asian answer. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate. And the problem about that was all my white friends. You know, when I was in middle school and high school, they all had girlfriends. You know, they they uh, they didn't do so well in school. They weren't rich but they all had girlfriends and they seemed like they knew how to talk to girls. Mm. And I, from then I realized that, you know, going the Asian path, you know, I didn't want to lose, I, yeah, it would take forever. I didn't want to like lose my virginity when I was like in my thirties. So I, I was, um, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to talk to girls. I was really, really shy with girls. I couldn't approach girls. Um, you know, I've had some, I, I didn't know what to say because all my friends were boys. Mm. So I never really interacted with girls. And when I did, it was just like, you know, um, I just didn't know how to approach the girls I was attracted to. I didn't know how to ask them out. I was scared of, I was definitely scared of rejection. Like, you know, I was scared that if I asked a girl out, she would tell everybody and everyone would laugh at me. I was mm. really paranoid about that kind of stuff. And in so, high school, college, women are assholes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's just so, harsher. Yeah, so around like... I actually started reading about pickup and seduction when I was honestly 13 years old. Mm. Uh, and that was like before all the pickup stuff even came out. This was like early 2000s. Was uh, it the game like Neil Strauss? I read the Neil Strauss book when I was 15. But mm. like 13, I started real because 15 is when like when I was 15, around 15, uh, uh, that's when the Neil Strauss book came out. Yeah, same here, 15, like that covered <laughs> on the shelf of just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. So I read that book when I was around that age. It got me, that got me into the game, um, at least understanding that there's like a subculture out there like that. Mm. Uh, but the problem was like, I was in high school and there was nothing 
about high school in any of these books, right? It was all about uh, yeah. how, how to approach girls in nightclubs or bars. And you're like 13, 50. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even go to the, uh, you know, the bars or clubs. So I tried to apply a little bit of what I learned in uh, high school, but it was just, it didn't work. I just didn't really know how to do it. And I, if, when I did it, I would fail miserably. Mm. And so it wasn't until I uh, went to college is when I really started going out there and mm. like practicing pickup. Um, did you ever say screw pickup? Like, screw this, it doesn't work. Or did you always just try to tweak and optimize? Yeah, it was more like I did have times where I thought, you know, pickup maybe this didn't work because in high school, I, when I tried it, I got rejected. I got rejected and I was a virgin in high school. Mm. I, you know, I, could, I just couldn't be successful in high school. So when I went to college and I, I tried to apply some of the stuff, it did work, but I felt like, you know, it's what's more important is going out there and, and learning at the same time while you're also learning from your own experiences and then tweaking it up to make it work for you and optimizing it. So that's how I got results in college is when I started, you know, adding, because by this time there was like a lot more school of thoughts from and pick up. There's a lot of different like methods. Mm -hmm. So I started combining what I thought worked and what didn't work. Uh, and then in college, I started getting results. Um, I got some girlfriends in college. Um, and then when I was 22, I had a threesome with two sorority presidents. <laughs> so, you know, one blonde, one brunette. It's like the dream. And ever since then, you know, I've been doing pickup for like actively for about 11 years now and nice. uh, been coaching for about six. So that's that's my origin story. I, I started pretty much from like the most shy guy, you know, with women I couldn't approach. I didn't know what to say. I was scared of rejection to becoming the hero, my own hero, you know. Mm, and just polyamory, like that's crazy cool. And the reason I ask about like any when asked you like is was there any time where you said screw pick up is because a lot of listeners listening in, you know, they experience like they go they Google pick up and they're like, mm -hmm. it doesn't work for me. And then they think that the whole industry or the whole thing is stupid. Whereas, in fact, it's just they didn't give it enough time and that the benefits do pay off. Like, pickup is learning social dynamics. It's about learning women better than they know themselves. And that's really sexy. And that also applies to business, to making friends, to meeting people. And yeah, like, have you ever had those skeptics who are like, you know, they don't, they don't think that it works or... How do you tell someone to stick with a thing long enough for it for them to see results? Like without yeah, pick, giving up. Pickup itself is a skill set, you know. Uh, learning how to talk to women, be more charismatic and charming with them, building traction, understanding, you know, the nature female nature, all that is is uh it takes time, you know. Mm -hmm. And people tend to write it off because maybe they try it once or twice. And then they're like, oh, it doesn't work for me. So therefore all pickup doesn't work. It's, that's mm. not true. You know, it's just like, you need to put in the effort and time to really learn it and also apply it and practice from it. Cause in the beginning, you're never gonna, with any skill set, you're never gonna be great. You know, like, um, like for example, where you, when you first started marketing or in I business, <laughs> yeah, exactly. were, were you like amazing at it? Like, I sucked, even in pickup, <laughs> like I sucked cause I was, I was like a huge geek and introvert 
and mm-hmm. I lived right next to Saudi Arabia, like oh, wow. Middle East, where it's super ultra conservative. And I ended up going to Asia, and just it was such a different world. And yeah, I just wanted to learn how to people because um, I was just in my own realm, always just being an introvert, being into superheroes, into geeks, into video games, and like I just wanted to learn more about people and social dynamics and also there was a time where you know like I just wanted to understand women more because I couldn't understand women like I couldn't understand myself and pickup was a gateway into that like I was like how do guys stay straight <laughs> I wasn't 15 at the time it's like how how do guys do it like uh, and there are guys out there who know us better than we know ourselves that's crazy and just got into that rabbit hole. Started with Neil Strauss and then went into Speed Seduction, Ross Jeffries primarily, and David D'Angelo, just their flavor and mystery. Like I like the playfulness of integrating like the structuredness of game into interactions. So. Yeah, and it's definitely meant for people who are like are introverts or people who because uh, I was also an introvert. I played video games a lot when I was younger. Hmm. I, I watched a lot of anime like and different you know fantasy TV shows and sci-fi. I was really into that kind of stuff too. Uh, so I definitely can see where you're coming from. And I think it's like if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to meeting and talking to people, I think pickup is a great way. It's, it's meant for people who are who don't have that knowledge. Like some people are naturally good with talking to people or extroverted and there's some people who aren't and then i said mm-hmm. if you're not then why not give it a try and learn something from it and i think that background of video games came into play like wanting to understand pickup in the same way where you get cheat codes where you get walkthroughs and like tweaking optimizing game better than people who are natural at it so people who are natural at it they might be really good but mm-hmm. they don't know why it works and with like introverts and people who study pickup, not only they do they like break things apart and figure out, you know, why this is attractive or why this works or why this didn't work, is because they actually sat down and analyzed all of this and then learned it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's definitely like a video game. Like you said, it's like a walkthrough. Um, some people don't need a walkthrough, but there's others that do need one. And pickup is definitely like a walkthrough where you we go really in depth you know we analyze every aspect of the interaction mm. and we try to see what's the best way of having a positive result hmm. yeah is there any like video game or anime or superhero that's relatable to pick up dating seduction yeah comes? there's there's um a few animes i can recommend that are very similar to the pickup artist path I would say like the rise of the sh- the rising of the shield hero. You ever hear that yes. anime? Yes, of Where course. The I'm... guy in the beginning kind of like you know got screwed over by uh, a woman, then oh my god, go to like you know rise from that. That was so brutal. That scene like it, it caught me off guard where she screwed him over so hard and her reaction and he's just like he just he didn't see it coming. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, and then there's another um, anime called. I'm gonna get the exact title because it's a long title. Okay, it's it's from Commonplace to World's Strongest. Yeah. Um, it's I don't know the Japanese uh, translation, but 
if you just Google from Kong yeah, Place World Strongest, that's that's an anime I would recommend as well. Just because the character in the beginning was just a very weak man, um, mm -hmm. and then he had to get strong um, to finally get the girls. Is like in the beginning, you're all gonna start off really weak. Yeah. You're gonna start off like just like any video game as well. You start off really weak, and then if you have the knowledge and also the experience, and once you get stronger. Uh, you'll be more attracted to women. Yeah, and it's those really weak characters that get to shine later on because when we see those um, strong characters, like, okay, cool. And they don't really have that why. Like in The Shield here, we had such a strong why and that's such a strong, like, resilience in her game that you're unable to teach that. Like, that comes really hard for someone who's already, you know, good. And um, an anime that comes to mind is right now ReZero because season two just hit or like the new season came out. And starting from just being a character that is just really raw and going into your full potential and going into your highest version of you and to actually want to go down your journey and your path. So with you, like, how did you become a coach and how did you go from the polyamory in with like the two sorority presidents to becoming like a resident expert on polyamory? And how did you like get it down to a science? Yeah. So ever since that night when I had a threesome with the two girls, I wanted more. So like, I was like, okay, I got my first one. How do I get many more of those mm. so i figured out a method of getting many uh threesomes uh so from and because of that method i was able to you know uh become a coach because so what happened was when i first left college you know when i graduated from college i worked at a job that I did not like it was like you know the money was good but it was it was just like very soul-sucking it wasn't something i had any passion in it was just like, you know, it had something to do with my degree. Um, and then I just stuck with it because the money was good. But then like a little, a year later, I just saved up my money and just quit the job and moved to California, to Los Angeles. Uh, because of what my, my ultimate dream was to become a coach because I wanted to help people who were like in the same, you know, who, who were suffering like when I first started. And I wanted to be able to support people and and also like make that my profession you know to to work in this field yeah so how i got started was you know i i was i had a great method of having polyamory and many threesomes foursomes fivesomes and stuff like that with many girls mm -hmm. and i posted you know like a like a video online and uh you know got a lot of views on the guide i was i think i was the first guy to ever post the infield of me doing of like having a threesome mm. uh, and teaching guys how to do it and then and I was like also the first Asian guy to ever do that too I mean first not only the first guy but also the first Asian as well and nice. you know I got some eyes on it and then I I got a call from you know ABC's attraction JT Tran yeah and who, they're one of the most like they're the leading pickup artist group yeah yeah they're one of the leading ones in mm. in the world so I got a call from him and he just said, hey, you know, why don't you come to a boot camp and, and then see how it is? And then maybe 
we can uh, maybe you can become a coach one day. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, because I knew about JT for a while, I knew about because I knew I had my eyes on every PUA, every dating coach. So I knew about every different people, and I've, I've heard of him before. And I was like, okay. And he's also a big figure in the Asian Asian pickup community. So I decided to try his boot camp, and then he he could tell that I was really like you know I was really skilled and experienced. Then he asked me to try out to be a coach afterwards. And I tried out to be coach. I went against a few other guys who wanted to become a coach. And mm-hmm. he thought I, I did the best. And then after that, that's how I got started. Um, nice. Becoming a coach professionally. Nice. And there's a crazy stereotype about like threesomes and polyamory. And I just, I get into this conversation a lot with guys mm-hmm. who ask if it's possible to have polyamory and threesomes. And what would you say to them? Like, for people listening in right now, like, are women open to threesomes more than we let on? Yes, of course. Um, I think women on, on average are more sexually fluid than mm. men. Yeah, like, we're very bicurious. <laughs> yeah, women tend to be more bicurious than men. Like, for example, you could see, like, at a bar club, sometimes you might see two girls, or even when I was in college, some girls would make out with each other. But you find out that they weren't actually bi or anything. They were just curious about it. Mm. Like, you would never see, like, guys doing that. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, two straight guys and be like, yeah, we can just kiss in front of everybody and mm. then see how it's like. That, oh, that would never happen. Uh, so I, I firmly believe that women are tend to be more bi-curious than men and more sexually fluid. And uh, and to, to, to address your point, it's like, does it work? Like, how do you make polyamory yeah, like, work? Is how that... do you make two straight women? Like, um, how do you escalate that and be like, hey, you're straight, you're straight. <laughs> Let's get together. Like, Oh, so so pretty much I've been in a relationship. I have a girlfriend. Um, mm. She also teaches pickup. She's like a lesbian pickup artist. She mm-hmm. had a channel and she teaches women how to get with other women. So right. I've been with her for about eight years now. So we've been in a long relationship for eight years. And mm-hmm. the great thing is she lets me see other girls. I let her see other girls. It's, it's fun for everybody. You know, sometimes we bring girls in to have uh, fun together. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to make it work for a long time. You know, I've been, the relationship itself is strong. We've been in a relationship longer than most couples, <laughs> mm-hmm. considering that the divorce, the divorce rate is really high in America. Um, so in terms of how do you make girls, like how does that happen is pretty much I would say you shouldn't aim for straight girls, the girls who, because there are some girls who are like 100% straight, like they would never even think about doing that. And those aren't the girls you want to go for because there's nothing really you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can try to make it happen, but it's just going to be way more difficult than it should, than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. What you, what you want to aim for is either for the bi-curious girls or the, bi- or the bi girls. Like those are the ones you should be aiming for. Or go do something like bring in a bi-curious girl or bi girl to help you seduce the straight girl so that it's easier. Yeah, that's definitely, that's happened. That's definitely happened with my girlfriend is we've, we've seduced straight girls. Um, but yeah, resistance always... is lower when it's women seducing women because it's like very playful. Like, have you ever thought about it? And any girl who hasn't thought about it is like lying, <laughs> no matter how straight she is. Like, 
you know, maybe they're not comfortable with doing certain things or past a certain level, but like at least kiss another girl and then from there play with that and play with the next level of escalation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You definitely have a lot of knowledge, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, what's a crazy story like between like threesomes, foursomes, fivesomes or any like um, interaction where you didn't think it would happen and just happened? Yeah, there was this, this is a few years ago, um, I was with this girl. I, I had been recently seeing this girl who was a really attractive girl, but she was, she told me she, she was straight. Because mm. uh, I, I would ask, I was like, hey, would you ever be interested in that kind of stuff? You know, and she's like, no, I, she's like, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And so I, I took her home one time, one night and um, my, my girlfriend, the, the lesbian PUA, she, she was like, oh, let's, let me watch a movie with you guys. And I was like, cool. Then like, I could see that she was gaming the straight girl. And I just, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I was like, I, I told her, I was like, I don't know if this will work because she told me that she's, she's really straight. Mm. And my girlfriend's like, just let me try for a bit. And I was like, okay. And then, so I just sat there watching the movie and I could see that they were flirting. And then uh, at first, obviously the straight girl was, you know, she, I, I, she, yeah, she was a little shy about it and stuff, but then she built up to her. Mm. Then my girlfriend was like dominant. She put her arms around the girl. And, okay. then, and then like she actually like uh, put the girl on her lap and I was like what the hell and then because the, the girl I was seeing was really petite like a very petite mm. blonde so my girlfriend had an easier time like you know dominating her mm. so then they just started like making out I was like what the and hell? you're like and, wow <laughs> I didn't even have to do anything exactly and I just joined in later but it was just like really that's what really blew my mind I was like wow that's Definitely when some girls say that they're straight, they might not actually mean it. <laughs> yeah, mm. so. And even if they do mean it, they don't even, most women don't know what they want. Like yeah, it's that's true. it's even the the way the reason the way we say yes is like it's not logic based, it's emotion based. So the that's thing true. that I teach people is never listen to her words, never listen to yes or no. Change her mood, make her laugh, and then ask again because a lot of the times women say no just because they have a horrible mood or because there's something on their mind and if they say no right now maybe five minutes later it changes and don't don't ask her five minutes later but like don't take what women say as fact and realize that women are very state dependent <laughs> and even when a girl hates you like um it's easy to play with any emotion when, when it comes to women like any emotion is good emotion any reaction is good emotion what is difficult to work with is neutrality and her not feeling anything at all anything else is just playfulness and fair game and if you're good at calibrating you can turn extreme hate and turn that into lust because the way we store emotions as women is really like in our brains it's all like mixed up so we can hate the person and not realize that you know that emotion is hate we can turn that into like lust or do i like this person and just playing with those things and playing with psychology playing with um, knowing a girl better than she knows herself yeah definitely i i definitely agree with you on that it's just that uh, i always tell my students that women are based on emotions they weren't 
in terms of like you know interacting、mm-hmm. with them, you should be more trying to communicate to their emotions rather than logic, because、um, a lot of men tend to, especially my students, they tend to be too logical.、Mm-hmm. You know, they they want to, when they're talking to a girl, they want to stick with point A, and then like yeah, like、B. convince you logically. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, women don't think like that. They are in the moment. They want to think. They want to talk about different things. They don't want to focus on the same topic for like hours. They want to jump around with topics. They want to have a good time.、And、I always、yeah. tell my students to give a girl a good time like that, you know, and、uh, see see what she likes and go go with that. Yeah, and when she associates good emotions with you, like she sees you as God. <laughs> Yeah, women like that, and like women like different emotions. So like, you know, if a straight guy watches like the kind of stuff we watch, so、um, like shows like Gossip Girl, it's like there's so much craziness, there's so much drama. Like straight guys are like, why are you watching that? Like she's laughing, she's crying, she's angry, and to have all of those different emotions be elicited from a single guy is nice. Like. Wanting certainty and uncertainty, and being able to bring both to the table, you're already at an upper hand compared to a lot of the other guys out there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I,、um, I would say that's very dangerous for a guy to do when he's like in a relationship and she gives her all those different types of emotions.、Mm. Then, like, then, like, she becomes too attached when that happens because of the emotions she can give. I mean, the emotions the guy can give to her.、Um, Some guys are just too boring, and that's the problem.、Mm, yeah, and Spider-Man quote: "With great power comes great responsibility." <laughs> exactly. You guys <laughs> need you to. Know, yeah, all of these things. It's just, it's not a requirement. Like, I mean, people can do whatever they want to do, but like, it's better to leave a girl or a guy or anyone better off than when you found them, and just to constantly be adding value in the world and to come from that place of hey. I'm Casanova. I have a, I have like responsibility to just do good, and you have superpowers.、Um, and yeah. yeah, just use it a little more responsibly, or have certain codes in place. That's the misconception a lot of people have about us: is they think we're like you know manipulative, evil people. But in reality,、mm-hmm. our concept is just to leave her better than when we found her. You know, that's、yeah. what we preach: is to. Make sure that you don't destroy the girl, and make sure that she's actually doing better off than、uh, when you first met her. And that's what we always teach. And some people don't understand that, and they they you know they take a few bad apples and they try to make、yeah. a few ju- judgments about us. You know. And well, those bad apples they do it in a really extreme way. Like they don't do it、um, like in a small scale. They do it in a large scale. So that might come into play. Like there are some people who get. Hurt so badly that they just want to get back at women, and that's not what seduction, what pickup artistry is about. It's not us versus them. It's not that you are trying to dominate and get women. It's you love women, and women love you. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. The whole abundance mentality and just having so many options that you can have your cake, eat it, and just do anything you want. Like you said, it's a superpower, and people can abuse that superpower to become villains, and some people can use that superpower to become heroes. And it's、mm-hmm. really dependent on、uh, that person's take on it. But I would definitely recommend if you get good at it, let's try to use it for good. Because、yeah, like I, I, yeah, I, I got into this because I love women, you know, and I just wanted to understand them. Yeah, 
and you have that superpower to make a girl feel good. <laughs> yeah. So. Responsibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a big dilemma in, you know, the dating world, and you know, guys ask this question like looks versus money, and yes. is there a different answer? Like, or what's your take on someone who asks that question? Because some people think it's looks, some people think it's money, and you know, like, what's your take on that? My take is it's everything, you know, like everything matters. Like, yeah. don't discount like certain factors. I would say, like a combination of looks and money is probably your best bet. You know, you want to have both because mm-hmm. looks and money determine your potential with women. So let's just say, if you're a really good-looking guy and you have a lot of money, you're gonna have way more potential to get with lots of beautiful women uh, and let's just say if you're really poor and you're ugly then you don't have that much potential to get many attractive women hmm. so it's it's I would say why not have both and uh, so like looks and money determine your potential and I think the thing about pickup in game is it helps you reach your potential hmm. so if you don't have looks like because looks is mostly genetic unless Unless you have like, you know, um, you have like the money to do like some enhancements like that. But mm-hmm. usually looks itself is, has a genetic cap. Um, you could do your best. I would say do your best to look as good as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and money, that's something you can actually work on without worrying about genetics. That's something you can work hard on and build up. Uh, so when it comes to looks and money, I would say like it really depends. Like how good looking versus how, how rich, right? Mm-hmm. So... It, like if let's just say if you're just saying a, a millionaire versus a good-looking guy, well, how good-looking is the guy, and how and how ugly is the millionaire? So there's a lot mm-hmm. of factors that come into play when you say looks versus money. I would say just think about how that they're both very important factors that come into it, and you should uh, try to work your best on those two aspects, uh, regardless of what you think is you know good or bad, or you know which one is better or not. Uh, just do your best to work on both and then work on game as well because game will help you um, reach your potential. So let me give you like analogy because since this is a very geeky podcast, I can tell you like the, give some really geeky analogies. Let's just say uh, looks and money is like your force. Let's say you guys, are you, you ever watch Star Wars? Or <laughs> Yes, so Star Wars, you know, people are born with the Force, right? Um, like, depends depends on, like, uh, the individual. But let, you know how, like, Anakin Skywalker, mm. he was born with, uh, like, the great one of the greatest Force in the world, right? That's why people said that he was the one. He was the chosen yeah. one. Yeah. Because he had, he had great potential. Um, mm. So think of, like, the Force is, the potential is your looks and money. And... Think of like the Jedi training or even the Sith training, whatever training you want to think of is like pickup. Another analogy I could think of is like uh, looks and money is like determines the quality of a product in in the business world. And you are the product. Mm. Uh, Pickup is merely the marketing. So let's just say like if you had, if you're a really horrible product, like let's say you're really ugly and you have no money, then then you could have the best marketing, 
but there's not going to be that many people who are willing to buy versus like there's some products that you know is high quality you don't need that much marketing mm. so that's that i hope that answers your question like when you said looks versus money like it really depends on the levels of looks and the levels of money I yeah and like with a product that has really good packaging it just it's easier it's easier to play with cognitive biases of like that first impression and exactly they're already pre-determined pre-framed liking you and it's just easer for you when you have like a Lamborghini or you look really good yeah and it's just easier you know to be devil's advocate and to go to the other end of the spectrum what if you don't have looks or money or like people who are like okay i'm not i'm not like this good looking guy and i don't have much money because i know a guy who has like this poor she's like super rich and he's not bad looking but he still couldn't get girls and i went into the conversation of it's not only about looks and money it's about what those things can provide so looks of course they provide a certain emotion and so this money like as hard I, a lot of guys get mad at the whole like oh they're gold diggers or you know why would girls like or agree to that and like they would date like these older guys who could provide them you know financial security you can jet set them through travel wherever they want get them an LV bag or just drive in a Lamborghini and just that experience and those are experiences those are emotions and a guy who doesn't have looks or money can play with creating emotions without those things it'll just be so much harder but it's possible and that's what learning pickup can do for you and that's what learning how to use the force and what you're given with can do for you like it goes back to psychology understanding and just being able to play the game regardless like um the analogy i want to use is uh like a navy seal a navy seal even if you drop him in the middle of the sahara desert without the ak-47 or like the bulletproof armor that is really good that is good to have but instead of relying solely on your equipment or your weapons rely on yourself and to play with that idea that there is so much more possible to you than you realize if you just step out and play with what if yeah i, I totally agree with that because um i would be example of i would say i'm personally an example of like you don't need necessarily need looks and money um because i would say that you know people throughout my life people never said i was really particularly good looking um you know like people don't people even people even said that i wasn't really good looking you know that was that's actually happened when people said i was ugly and mm. um and also like i you know obviously as a coach you don't make the money as some job so i'm not rich or anything like that Mm. Uh, so I would I had to always rely on game itself to get the best you know results as I could. Uh, so you don't need yeah you, like you're right you don't need money or looks. Uh, you just have to work like your best your hardest on game and provide that type of emotions to women you know and that's what's important as well. It just like you know obviously like I said it it would be harder for someone who didn't have those mm. versus someone who did. But it doesn't excuse you for being lazy, right? You can still get girls and results if you don't have looks and money we still put in the work like you've been doing it for 11 years and just yeah breaking it down 
properly fully investing yourself into it like people can't be half-assed about getting into the game like if they don't have looks or money they want it to work they really have to go all in yeah i totally agree you have to go you have to go all in if you don't have either one of those and it's and that and i'm the proof like i'm living proof that you don't need looks and money to get amazing results that most men don't get mm. and like regardless does, of looks and money, you know yeah like agree how does like working with a coach speed up their learning process yeah i think it's important to work with a coach because like if you care like there's one resource you could never have more of like you can always have more money um but you can never have more time mm. because time is like a limited amount that you have per life like like that's the life you have you, you you'll die one day right you're gonna lose your life one day and every minute that goes by is a there's a minute closer to your death and mm. uh if you care about your time and you care about you know the quality of your life i would say focus on coaching because those like let's just say you don't know anything about pickup and you're not you're too shy to approach or even if you approach you're not getting the results you want uh the hiring hiring a coach will speed up the process so mm -hmm. like what took me let's just say what because i when i learned this i didn't really have a coach i had to spend years to actually really get good at this mm -hmm. so what took me like two years to get good at would take you only a few months of coaching to reach that level and the because trial and error method, like it hurts <laughs> figuring it out for yourself. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to figure it out all yourself. Why figure it out yourself and reinvent the wheel when you could have someone who could, yeah. who's had that experience, like help you out and speed up your learning. Yeah, like it's just it's really worth it. So for people for listeners listening in, like how could they find out more about you? Yeah, how they can find out more about me is I'm I'm semi-active on my Facebook. That but that's pretty much right. Currently, the only thing I have that where people could reach me is Facebook is uh, Jeff Khan is J E F F space K H A N on Facebook. You could just see me, the guy, the Asian guy making out with two girls mm. <laughs> as my video, and just uh, feel free to add me as a friend uh, and message me. Uh, I usually accept. Uh, most friend requests, you know, as long as you're not like a like a bot, <laughs> I'll, I'll accept you as a friend. And mm -hmm. then, you know, if you are interested in some coaching or some, you got some questions, feel free to send me a message. Um, that's where you guys can find me. It's on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Nice and really crazy conversation. We went really deep down the rabbit hole. Like usually, these episodes they're only thirty to forty minutes, but we went over time. And I'm really appreciative of having you on. Yeah, I really enjoyed having being on this podcast, and thank you so much for inviting me. And I think uh, I can't wait to yeah. share with other people. Yeah, and just before we wrap up, like there's usually three questions I ask every single guest that hops sure. on. Sure. So, question number one is: In a perfect reality, in a perfect world, what would that look like? Who would you be impacting? And maybe you already touched on that, and you already uh, shared that. Like, but what would that look like? Like a perfect day, where would you be waking up? And what would you be In a perfect world, what what I would be doing is like, well, I would think of a perfect world is when we're not scared anymore of like the pandemic, or mm. you know, having this really change because it's honestly changed everything. Just because people are scared to go out now, mm. people are 
are scared to even like start dating. And I would say I really hope in a perfect world we don't have these types of pandemics. We don't have these like situations where it would affect people's li- like not only livelihoods but like quality of life as well. So mm-hmm. my perfect world would be like a world where we can just have fun and not worry about a virus that can kill you. Know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, is there any place in the world that you want you want to be waking up to, or would the setup be waking up somewhere different each time? I would actually choose to wake up different, somewhere different each day because the same city gets tiring after a while. Mm. Regardless of like, I've been all over the world, but and if I were to stay in one city for too long, it would just get boring. So mm. I would want to live in a different city each time. Mm. Is there any beaches, mountains, specific areas, or just different in variety? Uh, I just prefer a difference in variety itself. Like, yeah, I prefer the beach, but I already live near the beach in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. I would prefer, like, the beach is nice. It's always nice to go to, but I want variety. So mm-hmm. it'll be a different place every time. Nice. The question number two is, what's a deep, dark desire that keeps you up at night? Hmm, deep dark desire. I the think first it comes to mind. Hmm. Like I already, I, I already lived through all my deep desires uh, mm. through my through my pickup experiences. So, I guess the next thing would be to actually like I want to change the game itself. That's I would Ooh. that's yeah I would say that's my deepest desire right now is hopefully one day I can change the whole game because I remember you you said that you sent me a message you said you, you thought pickup is kind of dead right <laughs> right uh, now which is it's yeah. so fluffy yeah exactly so I want to change the game because like old school pickup it's kind of outdated um, I, I miss old school pickup like uh, <laughs> back then there was no walkthroughs there was nothing like you had to actually go out and do something in order to know what it is like Right now, there's a lot of people who are reading all of this, these different like thoughts. Like they're they're preaching authenticity, or you know, just tell a girl what you really feel. Like it, it just it's so fluffy compared to in the past. Like um, I remember back like 16, 17 when I was first starting out. Like uh, girls, you know, who lies more, girls or guys? Yeah, it's 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 very aggressive style of game, but it was nice like people were actually or like people um peacocking all over the club wearing goggles and just weird stuff but like those pickup artists or those people who were studying game at that time like their ability to calibrate their ability to understand women was like really deep really profound like when a girl says no that means yes i mean that's what they were teaching in the old school pickup and it had its um, amusing moments but it set a good foundation like right now it's so fluffy and so like um red pill movement like authenticity which is nice but to, to preach authenticity without going into the deeper layers of um, you can be authentic you can be you but you have to understand the moving pieces you have to understand psychology hers yours everything like you can't just teach one part of the game <laughs> Yeah, I would I would relate this to like, I would say martial arts. Like martial arts, mm. uh, I don't know if you're you ever done martial arts, but martial arts back then when it first started was it was like a ways to kill people, you know, like with with your hands. And then it, it got watered down, 
to make it more accessible and you know uh, to the general population, where you know they're not no longer focusing on killing people; they're also focusing on you know you know health, and they mm. they they water it down to where it's like some of the techniques are you know practical anymore. Uh, yeah. So I could see that happening in pickup right now, but what my, what I want to do is I want to like really make it more like a like MMA, like take all yeah. the best parts of pickup of you know if each generation and just then just combine it into the, like the ultimate way or like a combination of ways to to be the most effective way, and that's what I hope to do in the future is to change the game in that aspect is find what I think is the most effective ways and. Uh, also, like you know, obviously it's important to have those mindsets, like you know, abundance mindset. Uh, you know, authenticity. Yeah, it's a new thing. I guess it's like to me, it just seems like a, a good way to water water it down. Mm-hmm. But like um, you know, add some what I think is the most important parts, and then just like discard discard what was useless, and then and then um, make Do a new evolution to pick up. Yeah, I, I really want to evolve evolve the 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 whole pickup in game aspect. So that's I, what I yeah, I'd love to see that. And just another thing that really bugs me is that pickup artists don't like more and more. They don't say that they're pickup artists. Like they keep it a secret, or they outgrow it, or they get married. And like even people I you know I used to um, be with like five six years ago, like who were you know pickup artists, they no longer associate themselves with that. They're like I outgrew game. It's like. Um, they're in sales, they're in marketing, they're in all of these different fields and they don't give credit to where it's worth. Like, pickup artist free for me has been a huge part and just, I would never disengage with it or like disown it or be like, oh no, I, I, don't, I don't know what pickup is. And yeah. just the stereotype around that, like uh, it's a secret underground thing. And it doesn't have to be like it's a superpower. Like, stop watering yourself down. Stop. Um, like, a lot of the really good pickup artists have like gone into. I'm not gonna mention names, but they've gone into like weird careers or like, um, which is okay. Like, um, certain pickup artists who were like really good, and then they're teaching sales primarily, or they're teaching charisma. Something crazy like that. And it's nice. I mean, it's nice to see evolution and I'm, I'm all for it. But like, there's no one left for the newer generation. Like, it's it, it's nice to have people like you who still want to stay in the game, who want to reinvent the game, and who want to create a mixed martial arts style versus like, okay, um, I'm going to do this for a certain number of years and then when I get the girl, I'm just going to leave. Or when I reach a certain level, I'm just going to outgrow it. So changing that paradigm and that mindset. Unfortunately, that happens often where like a guy gets into the game, he gets pretty pretty good, and then he switches, you know, careers. Or he, he like, he, he distances himself yeah, from it because <laughs> he like, you know, got a girlfriend or wife mm. and, or something like that. But... Or what people will say, like, oh my god, you studied pickup or you studied how to pick women up? That's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's because they care about what other people think. They Mm -hmm. care about, you know, how society judges them. And, uh, like, the problem about pickup was with the, you know, a lot of 
different people attack pickup because they choose out like the worst villains in pickup,、mm. and they they just try to associate that with all pickup,、mm. and that's and that's why a lot of people,、rep. yeah, and it gets a bad rep, and then people start to distance themselves from it because they don't want to be seen as the same、mm. person as the guy who who made it look bad. Um, but in my opinion, I always try to change people's minds when they, if they have a negative aspect of, of, about pickup, I always try to tell them my point of view,、mm. and then tell them it's not like you know, it's not what you think it is. If you are, if you have a negative point of view, it's just essentially what pickup is. It's just learning、uh, to be able to talk to and attract women. That's that's simply what it is.、Um, mm. And if I, and I think. That's an important skill set for most men to have. Like, like I would ask a girl, like, if you would it be okay if if a guy who was shy couldn't know, didn't know what to talk to girls had some help with that? Would that be okay? And then most girls would say, yeah, that's definitely something guys should learn about. And that's when、oh, you really reframe. Yeah, you could definitely reframe it, and then、uh, that's how、mm. that's how I try to change people's perspective. Yeah, like when I was younger, I thought it was really unfair. Like girls could just wear makeup or like wear heels, a cute dress, and you know, guys are very visual. <laughs> All you <laughs> need to do is look good, and guys have to do personal development, have to like put in all this effort. And anyone who's ever done that, anyone who's ever studied pickup, who studied games, studied social dynamics, you're above most people. Like, not in a god complex kind of way, but like you're above. Ninety-nine point eight percent of the population, in the fact that you're actually doing something and you're learning about another person, and even like just learning about what drives people. So, pickup is a skill of like sedu- seduction, and that works in the bedroom. It works in the boardroom. It works in just getting favors or just even like randomly messaging people on. Um, Facebook or lead generation, like marketing, emails, all of that. It all ties into your ability to bridge, you know, worlds and connect with people, and that's what stuff is connecting. Yeah, I couldn't have said it perfectly as you. you you're definitely. I, I get、uh, so geeky about pickup. Like I just really like. I think it's a like. I genuinely think think it's a path to like in. Maslow's pyramid self-actualization. Like that's the reason I started teaching it because it was just when you reach abundance and you reach that level where you're overflowing, you want to do other things. Like you want to change the world or just you start to give out more and do more. When you're able to have like any girl in the room or any girl that you want, you go, "What's next?" And the fastest way to do that is. To, You know, reach self-actualization and help guys achieve that goal and that area of life. And there's a spillover effect to other areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can definitely relate this because it it not only can you use it to attract women, you could use it to attract people in general. And if you want to use that for business、mm. or other aspects, I think it's definitely an important skill set to have. That's why, like you said, there's a lot of PUAs who become. You know, sales coaches, or they get into sales or business.、Mm, it's seduction and it mass. Yeah, it's it's seduction and mass, exactly. Yeah, crazy. So, like, last question is: Do you have a guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. 
I mean, the world can see my guilty pleasure. Obviously, uh, they could they could see me with lots of women. That's uh, that's something I. But like you know, that's obvious. Like if you look at my picture, my profile, it's obvious that I love women.、Mm. Um, you know, I have. You know, I just love many t- different types of women. Love all women.、Uh, so that's obvious. But a let's see, I would say a one that people don't know is probably my guilty pleasure is like doing really geeky things as well. Like people,、mm. that, like people can't see that. Like a lot of my students, they just think, you know, I focus my attention all on getting girls, <laughs> yeah, women, and pick up. But when I have free time, I like to obviously、uh, play video games and watch anime and watch shows and stuff. That's like that's like a guilty pleasure I'm into. It's just like I would actually say the scary thing is that video games to me is、mm. more addictive more addictive than drugs. Well, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I so, agree. So to me, like I can get really sucked in, in into a very very good video game. For like hours, and that's what my guilty pleasure is. Like something top that, top three video games or anime that comes into mind. Well, like for example,、um, I'm, I can't wait until Cyberpunk comes out because I'm really、mm. trying to play that game.、Um, but recently, I, I got into Civ, like Civilization,、um, like the strategy game. I really love yeah, playing yeah. that. I'm a、oh, huge、boy. RPG. Yeah, I'm a huge、um, RPG fan as well. Uh, as for anime, like whenever I have time, I just look for a new anime. Like, because if I get stuck on one anime, it just becomes、uh, really hard for me to to、uh, like. If I like one anime, if it's too long, let's just say if it's like multiple seasons,、mm. uh, that you watching it. Yeah, yeah, but that's also that to me it becomes boring after a while. So I like to switch up anime. But my favorite,、uh, one of my favorite one is this one called on Netflix called Kengen Ashura. Uh, it's like a, a martial arts anime, and I just love it.、Uh, nice. I just can't wait until the new season comes out next year. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only thing with anime, like the amount of time they make you wait. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you watch, like like you said, ReZero. I was I love that anime when it came out like many years ago. Me- <laughs> and then like I didn't even know it came out recently. I just I, I, yeah, I, mean, like, I was waiting for it. Like I, I'm about to after this episode, I'm actually gonna watch that first episode of Three Zero. I don't know how many episodes are out, or just that one episode. But it made like that cliffhanger ending at the very end. It's like it made us wait so long. <laughs> That's the thing is I gotta remember. I don't remember what happened. That's the funniest. I watched like three years ago or so.、Mm. I, I love the anime though. I just don't remember what exactly happened at the end. But I can't wait to rewatch it and then watch the new ep- new season. Nice, yeah. Like for anime, Kojias, No Game, No Life,、uh, How to Pick Up Girls at a Dungeon, just are the top three that comes to mind for me. How to, yeah, I love that anime as well. How to pick up、It's、a girl. Just, yeah, it was just so playful and. Going back to that hero aspect of,、um, he was just this character who really, from start to finish, just continued to pull from himself and that end game where he wanted to be a hero and he did. He became that hero. So there's that. So yeah, really crazy conversation and like it's really geeky. I really appreciate having you have come on. And is there any question, quote, or? Insight you'd want to leave the listeners with as we wrap up. Like I said, if you 
are good at pickup or you want to learn the skill set, I would say do your research. And then if you feel like you're not getting the results you want, uh, hire a coach. You know, that's my biggest advice mm. to, to the listeners is like, don't waste your time. Like if you have, if you save up a little bit of money, hire a coach so you can save time. Mm. Because that's time is the only resource you can't have back. You can't have more of. So mm. hire a coach to, to push you further. Nice. Yeah, let me add to that. For people who didn't necessarily look at pickup, they're like, okay, they're really good with women already. Mm -hmm. I would still work with a pickup artist coach because mm -hmm. like as a marketer or as a business person or as a salesperson, having that insight just helps you become better at what you do. Because pickup is more than getting in a girl, like getting with a girl. It's learning psychology it's learning about yourself it's learning about what works so closing when it comes to you know getting a girl's number getting her to do uh, getting her to come home to you getting her to comply all of these like little nuances it's very useful in other realms and other areas and i still even if you're just a little bit curious i i get on a call with uh, i get on a call with jeff and just ask like you know, could this work for me or could this, could I learn something from this? Because like whatever investment you make in yourself will always come back to you. And especially in the business and marketing world, like ROI, instead of going to another sales seminar, I really push for <laughs> this other realm. Like everyone in the sales world are going to the same seminars. I go a different path and I explore different avenues. So like, for me, when I'm doing marketing stuff, I pull from video games, I pull from anime. <laughs> that gives me like this pattern disrupt, this different flavor. And I do more of that. I do, I go outside of my comfort zone and learn from different people who are killing it in different areas of their life. And yeah, like really appreciate this conversation having you on, Jeff. Yeah, let me add on to that one last thing. It's like, like you said, um, it isn't just about like if you even if you have girls, it's not just about getting girls. It's like you can also improve that. Yeah, like if you hire a coach, that would also improve. But I remember one student told me that yeah, after he trained with me, he did get more girls. But he felt the biggest benefit he got from it was um, his social skills because mm. not long not long after he trained with me, he got a promotion at his job. He said I that was actually that he said that was actually the biggest benefit he got from it was getting a promotion like yeah he, the women are great but getting a promotion and making even more money because of yeah. the learned was yeah, this spillover effect of like added confidence just all of these like little nuances and even like working with someone like you just having that coaching session or just being like surrounding yourself with people you want to be like and if you can't you know do it through a mastermind do it through like groups then Hire coaches. Hire coaches you want to be like. And that's the fastest way to, like, you know, form a party instead of trying to be solo or do the lone wolf game. You know, just go go with people you like. And, yeah, like, take action. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, thank you so much, Jeff. This was a really cool episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed being on your podcast and thank you so much for having me on. Um, I can't wait to share this with all my audience as well. <laughs>